When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Big news coming out of Collingwood. I'll update you on that. We'll check in on both teams as we lead in to the grand final next week on Saturday. All the trade news and what's next for Richmond's captaincy. Yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. I hope your day's been as good as it can possibly be, depending on what kind of COVID reality and situation that you're in. Uh, thinking of you, and if you are doing it tough, uh, this phone line is always open for you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. So time on, of course, is your chance to have your say on the news of the day. If you've been hanging out to ring that number all day, listening to SEN from sunrise to sunset, and you just haven't been able to get to the phone. Now is your opportunity, one 736 736 So as we go to air tonight, a story's just been released on the Herald Sun website, written by Mick Warner, um, saying that the race for the Collingwood presidency has taken a dramatic twist. Uh, he's reporting that board member Peter Murphy is in discussions with Mark Corder to replace him as club boss. So apparently this is a deal, says uh, Mick, that has been hatched between the two Pies directors and that Murphy will take over as president from Corder, who will remain as a club director until the end of next year. He had uh, uh, released a statement saying that he would step down as president at the end of next year. Uh, but Michael Warner's saying that this shock move is aimed at thwarting Jeff Brown's push to become Collingwood president and get some new directors onto the board. He goes on to say that they had been negotiating with the Brown camp, but this seems to have scuppered and blown up any chance of a peaceful transition of power. Um, He's also reporting that it's almost certain now that Francis Scalberly will lodge papers for a spill of all seven board positions, maybe even as early as next week. Apparently there was a board meeting last night of uh, Corder Murphy and the club's five other directors. The view, he says, from the Brown supporters is that the club has been double dealing and that a democratic vote of members to elect a fresh board is the only resolution left in the long-running saga, says Michael Warner in the Herald Sun, a story that's just gone to air tonight. So, Tony Shaw last week said that this had become embarrassing and needed to be sorted out immediately, a grade of the club. Um, And it sort of comes as Michael Warner continues on about the revelations that 
a second Magpies director, Vic Racing Club chairman Neil Wilson, was ineligible to sit on the board. So this continues to lurch and leap around from one thing to another. Eddie Maguire has been pleading all year for these guys to get in a room, put their egos aside and actually make decisions that are best for the Collingwood Football Club, not for them as individuals. Uh, and maybe stop trying to feather your own nest and, and let's get this sorted out. So, I mean, there does seem to be, when you read that without knowing any of the other side, the amount of self-interest that seems to be pervading and, and coming through, um, yeah, isn't a great look for the club. And it would just be, it would cause Collingwood members to be irate. All the good news, all the positive storylines around the appointment of a new coach, Craig McRae, with the great team that he's assembled in Justin Lepich and Brendan Bolton. So all that positive stuff lasts about a week. And then this stuff has to come back being front and square again. Um, it needs to get sorted, doesn't it? Uh, and it needs to get sorted now. And for Pies members I'd, I'd, and fans, I'd love to hear from you because you've been, you know, you've been more front page than back page. Uh, as the old saying goes, for a long time now, you'd finally got yourself where you want to be again, and that's back page with a really exciting future that seems to be just around the corner with your new coach and the, and this almost all-star team that's being assembled. Um, it's sort of like when, you know, LeBron and Chris Bosch and D-Wade all got together at Miami. You've got all these great and highly respected coaching minds that have seen success and experienced premierships wherever they've been. Uh, whether it be as players or coaches and all the positivity around that. And now, here we go again with this mess. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Heap of other stuff making news today. So last night we um, got the press release that Trent Cochin, um, his nine-year reign as captain would come to an end. He was stepping down. He told Channel 7 last night that next year is probably going to be his last year as a player anyway and that he'll be there to sort of help with a, a, a nice and smooth transition to support the new captain, whoever that might be. Well, um, uh, senior club advisor Neil Baum uh, spoke to Dwayne today and uh, gave his view on Trent Cochin. Been in a really important time the last four or five years where he's been. He, you know, his leadership has been really quite substantial and shown shown our other guys the way and we've been lucky enough to get some really good outcomes so he should be very proud of what he's done there's no doubt about that in Trent's case he could probably just said nothing and we would have just gone on with him but he's really saying look I just want to get the most out of the, the rest of my playing career and um, you're going to need another captain at some stage so let's have a look at it now he's just got a natural ability to care about the bloke next to him and actually play natural team footy uh, always commits himself, always puts his head over the ball, always does his best, always drains hard, does does all of that stuff. And, and within it, he's still human as well. He still has his human frailty and he's not frightened of that as, at all. So, I mean, he, he's really, I think he said to the players um, four or five years ago, I'm just going to be myself and uh, you blokes can follow me. And they certainly did, didn't they? Longest serving Richmond captain, nine years and three premierships. And Jack Rewalt says he deserves to be in the conversation as the greatest club captain ever, slightly behind uh, Captain Blood and Jack Dyer. So that is the highest praise you could have, I would imagine, uh, from a Richmond Football Club point of view. Neil Baum was asked about Dusty and if he would take on the captaincy. I don't think he would uh, be opposed to it, um, but it's, it's really just interesting. I mean, in the good old days... The best player's got to be the captain, but that's not necessarily uh, what we do nowadays. It's the best captain is the captain, and we'll have a look at that and see what it means. But certainly there's no doubt that uh, Dusty's going to play a very big part in whatever happens uh, over the next few years here. 
And Gary and Tim this morning on SEN Breakfast discussed uh, how that would look and the potential of Dustin Martin, the, the greatest big match player, big game player of the modern era, the three-time Norm Smith medalist and Brownlow medalist, becoming the next captain of the Richmond Footy Club. Is this the final piece of the puzzle for Dusty? And also put the rider on it that Dusty may have no interest whatsoever. He might just say, no, look, I'll lead, I, like but I don't want to be the official leader. But I wonder whether or not he's going to be, whether he put his hand up yeah. for it. I, I, I agree with it. And I, I think, um, you know, for him, what he's achieved as a player, as the player, has been unbelievable. And maybe he just needs, and you'd have to understand him as an individual, and I'm sure they do at Richmond, maybe it's just that one thing that they maybe need to throw at him as a challenge and say, okay, well, you've been the greatest player that we have seen at this football club for the last 50 years, maybe. Maybe in the game for the last 50 years um, for some people. What about this? What about you then adding to your legacy as a player by then being able to be a premiership captain for yeah. the Richmond Football Club? Is that some, Maybe that won't motivate him, but maybe it will. Uh, it's a great conversation that's been happening across the course of the day on SEN, whether it be from Gary and Tim or Jerry Whiteley or Dwayne or Bob and Andy. Uh, it certainly has been a great topic of conversation. Just who will be the next Richmond captain? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to have you say on that one. And the other big story today in terms of, I suppose, a player announcement was Nathan Jones officially announcing that he would retire. Of course, he made the decision realising that he wasn't going to be selected in the grand final side next week uh, to come home and be with his uh, lovely wife and, and be there for the birth of his twins, uh, his third and fourth children. Uh, and he's announced today via the club website that he um, would be retiring their second most games played ever, uh, 302 games just behind David Neitz, uh, four short of his club record, three-time best and fairest. He was picked 12 in the 2005 draft. He's had eight coaches in that time, eight coaches for his 302 games. And thick and thin doesn't even go close to describing Nathan Jones, does it? I mean, he's had to put, had to put up with some disappointments over his time. And, um, you know, he, he stuck fat even when he was overlooked for captaincy initially when they went down the Grimes and Trengo road. And uh, he stuck with that club every step of the way. And he, if you looked up loyalty, you know, Nathan Jones's picture would be right there, wouldn't it? Uh, so congratulations to him and his family on a phenomenal career. Um, he said via the club website, personally, I've had a lot of emotions go through my mind from how it's all unfolded from an individual perspective. It's been disappointing to say the least knowing the work I've put in. But what I want to stress is that regardless of all that, I'm still filled with the utmost amount of joy, happiness and pride for the position the club is now in. Over the years, the two things that have driven me to stay committed to this footy club have firstly been the chance to play in premierships one day and secondly, to ensure that no young player coming into Melbourne would have to experience what I did for many years I wanted to leave the Melbourne Football Club a better place. Well, mate, mission accomplished. I say, mate, I've never met Nathan Jones, but he seems like a ripping bloke. And um, you can absolutely tick that box that the Melbourne Footy Club is a better place for you having been there. And he had a lovely message too on uh, his own social media purely for the Melbourne fans. And he wrote, To the demon faithful, I feel you and I've seen you more than anyone. You are the reason I kept going and I hope... You all get to live out your dreams to see a modern-day Demon Premiership sooner rather than later. So many people to thank that have made my uh, career possible, none more so than the sacrifices of my amazing wife, Jerry, and our beautiful family has made for me to live out my childhood dream of playing AFL. To everyone that has contributed to my journey in any way, big or small, I say thank you. I honestly couldn't be more grateful for the efforts and sacrifices you made for me. I look forward to the next chapter, whatever that may be, none more so than 
uh, with all of my family and our four beautiful kids. Congratulations, Nathan Jones. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heaps more to get through. Uh, Amit Baines spoke to Jared Waitley today, the Bulldogs CEO. Uh, Christian Salem, by the way, spoke at a presser today, and he actually had this to say uh, about Nathan Jones. Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously sad to see him retire, but um, and and the circumstances that he did do that is pretty unfortunate in terms of the situation we're in in terms of COVID and whatnot and having to fly back for the Twins. But, you know, he's a massive part of the footy club, always has been, always will be. Um, and, yeah, you know, he's, he's had the Twins. He got there in time. I think he made it by three or four hours. So um, it's good to see him and the family doing well. Christian Salem today. More from that presser in just a moment, but there's a few people wanting to have their say on the news of the day. John in Greensboro. Hello, mate. Yeah, thanks, Sammy. Yeah, look, um, being a Pirates fan and what you read out first up about Collingwood, look, not only does it undermine all the good things that have happened, but I, um, you know, I'm not sure that Michael Warner's got the story right. I mean, I got fortunate enough to get a little bit of information through a close contact. Something similar has happened, but I don't believe Peter Murphy to be the incoming uh, the incoming boss. A deal certainly has been struck, but you'll find tomorrow that the, the story is not 100% and that Jeff Brown will eventually end up being president. So um, you'll find that, you know, maybe Eddie would be the person to speak to and he might be able to confirm and um, give you the news a little clearer than I, but yeah, look, it's disappointed that the negative news has come out in the way that it has, but I don't believe it to be accurate. Uh, well, John, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating watch this space. As a, as a Pies supporter, what would you like to see happen here? Yeah, look, I, personally, I'd like to see Jeff Brown because it's what, look, for one, Eddie Maguire was a long-time president and he has actually endorsed him. And I believe that a lot of the members and supporters are in favour of Jeff Brown. And if that's the case, you know, on top of all the positive stuff that's come out of late, um, I mean, the, the board's got to listen to the members. And yep. I was under the impression today that they have and, and that, that Jeff Brown was the, um, the, the the guy that was coming in. So, um, And I reckon that's still the way it's going to play out. Well, fingers crossed, John, for you and, and all the Pies members. It just has that sense, doesn't it, that... There's been it's been a long time since the members have had their say, and this seems like a moment in Collingwood history where, for the next phase and to go into the next era, to have everybody on board to know that a democratic process took place and that the members had their say on what is uh, it is a pivotal moment in the club's history. It's 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 a massive moment of change. Don't we don't should never forget that you lose legacy people from your football club in Eddie Maguire and Nathan Buckley and now what's to come is absolutely a brand new chapter, new phase, whatever cliche you want to throw up. But to to maybe get that off on the right foot, I think members, fans, they have to feel like they've been part of that process, get everybody back on board. It's been a pretty disruptive period, hasn't it? It's been a divisive period. I've never heard, and, and, and the phone lines all year about Collingwood, there's been division which you never had really with Collingwood. I mean, people disagree and, oh, I'd rather this or I'd rather that, but there seemed to be a really clear split down the middle throughout the year of calls. The read was that never had, and I'm not the only one who's felt this who, who, who works on the station, but never before had we seen what seemed to be quite a divide within 
the, the Collingwood Army ranks. That's not a criticism. That's just an observation. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, heaps of people uh, getting the phone lines happening, and that's what we like to see. So Kane in Footscray, Max in Williams Landing, Pete in Paran. Uh, I'll come straight to you on the other side of this. Time on SEN, your say on the news of the day. Um, oh, we, we're very keen for him to stay. We thought we gave him enough opportunities last year to show that he's going to, you know, he's going to play for us. Um, but we've got to recognise what the system is. The system says that they've got the right to make some decisions, and other clubs will be very keen to get a hold of him. And and I don't expect you to tell me how much he's been offered, but for money-wise, what about years? Has he been offered four by you guys? Uh, pretty sure not, but I re- honestly don't know. I honestly don't yeah. know. I haven't. Re- I, I, sh- I probably should know, but I don't know. Marbio, how's that deal looking? Is he still a chance to stay? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think uh, we're keen for that to happen as well. But, I mean, he's in the same position where he's, he will say, well, when are, am I going to get enough, enough opportunities? Does someone else offer me more opportunities? And he needs to, you know, make a kind of a, a you know, rational, objective judgment of that. And whatever happens there will happen there as well. Uh, Richmond Footy Club Senior Advisor Neil Balm on Dwayne's World today talking about Callum Coleman-Jones and Marby Chole and where their futures lie. And uh, since that chat, uh, Fox Sports reporting uh, Tom Morris saying that Marby Chole will exercise his unrestricted free agency rights and he will go to the Gold Coast on, uh, he's saying, a three-year deal with a fourth-year option and also reporting that Callum Coleman-Jones, who was offered five years uh, as well, uh, was going to be heading to North Melbourne, Essendon and McKean as well. But uh, Marby or Chole, it seems, heading to the Suns and Callum Coleman-Jones looks to be heading to North Melbourne if uh, reports are to be believed. So those are two very, very big losses uh, in terms of the future of Richmond's forward line. So Tigers fans... I'm not sure how that one would sit with you. Um, I think for some Tigers fans, you might have been resigned to losing one, but certainly not both. Um, Sam Edmund has had spoken uh, earlier on today uh, in regards to uh, Callum Coleman-Jones uh, and Marby Orchol, uh when he was speaking to SEN, uh, doing wonderfully well, as he always does, Sam Edmund, bringing us to Trade Bell every day. And this is what he had to say. So North Melbourne has won the race for Callum Coleman-Jones should, as expected, he tell Richmond that he wants a fresh start. Now, Coleman-Jones, Jared, he will accept a four-year contract at the Kangaroos if he parts ways with the Tigers. So Gold Coast had come really hard for the Richmond ruck forward. They tabled a five-year deal for Coleman-Jones, but he's chosen North Melbourne. So there were some reports that the Kangaroos had also matched Gold Coast offer and put a five-year offer down in front of the 22-year-old Tiger, but the contract at North Melbourne is for four. So the Tigers could also lose Marby or Chol, unrestricted free agent, although he is yet to tell rival clubs of his decision. Now, the Gold Coast offer for Chol will most likely end up being a four-year contract, a flat four years. Sam Edmund on Callum Coleman-Jones and Marby or Chol from earlier today on SEN. Uh, this off the text, you're doing your best to escalate the Collingwood story, knowing that Collingwood stories sell. Um... I think I'm just reading a story that's just landed tonight about what's happening with the ongoing board disruptions uh, that continue to be an ongoing distraction. I don't think I'm putting any extra mail on it and I'm asking really for Collingwood members and fans to have their say on it and uh, we've got plenty that do want to talk about it. Kane's in Footscray. G'day, Kane. Yeah, hi, Sam. How are you going? I'm well, thank you, mate. Excellent. Um, yeah, look, um, actually, I should start with saying that Nathan Jones, congratulations on a great career. And just mm. note that he's had eight coaches in that time. If you look at Collingwood over that period since 2005, we've had Moltaus, 
Buckley, Harvey as the interim, and now Craig McRae. And if you look at our president, um, Eddie Maguire was there since 1998, and now we're having a change. Look, I've got a corporate background, and I should also say I'm a paid-up social club member since 1995, member number 283, if anyone wants to check. And, look, I think... I think more is being made out of this than what it actually is. I don't believe that quarter and Lucuria, for that matter, my opinion, should remain. Um, always thought once quarter said that he was going to go, just like Eddie Maguire said um, the year before in October um, 19, said he would remain for the remainder of the year, the next year, and then move on. Always I thought over the last week or so when quarter said he would remain for the... For the um, for next year and then stand down. I think once you say that decision, you're either in or you're out. The fact I've had so much stability over a period of time, it's just natural. When I've got a corporate background doing mm. you know, um, company reconstructions and that sort of thing, it's not unusual when you've had a long period of stability. And it's good to have refresh, replenish, regeneration that you have a period of flux. And this is just a normal machination that organisations go through. So I think it does sell. It is interesting. And again, I'm not saying that you're overblowing things because it is it is news and it is something significant in a club that's had... You know, we've had less coaches. I think we've had 20-something coaches. Like Carlton have had four in the last 10 years. Um, Nathan Jones has had eight coaches. Mm. So we've been through a period of long stability haven't had the flags that we would like to have, but we've been in a lot of grand finals so, over that period. But it's just these things that companies go, organisations go through from time to time. Totally, uh, Kane. I, I suppose I, my place when I when I hear these stories, and um, it doesn't particularly worry me, board level and all that kind of stuff. And and no. my viewpoint, and my lens is always on. I wonder how the members and fans feel about this. That's always the first place that I want to find out about. So for well, you, I, I have a, voting. A, I have voting rights. So how do you want to see the, this? Uh, how do you want to see this play out, Kane? How would you, would you like to get I'm in there, spill the seats, have a vote, and then let the the board that is? Because I remember Eddie saying that all the board members that are there, he instilled, he installed. So would you yeah, like as look, a, as a member to then have a to spill it all, to have your say and have a vote, and then move forward in the next phase? Would you like that? I'm not happy to spill everything, but I'm not. I wouldn't be that fast because. Good quality people are going to come on board. Yep. They're not going to get um, numpties. And Jono from down the pub isn't going to come on and be the, you know, the, you know, the committee member. And the, no, no, um, no. I mean, no one expects know, that's going to happen either. You vote but on candidates. You vote quality on people. quality candidates. Yeah. Yep. I believe in some continuity. And if you look at the ASX companies, you know, they mandate that board members um, come up for re-election every few years. And to be honest... Yeah, I've been a social club member with voting rights since 1995, and I reckon I've been to half a dozen AGMs in that period, and I reckon I've voted um, once. Yeah, I think most social club members, and it's probably about, I think there's less than 20,000 of us. And it's not, it's not elitist. It only costs me, I'm a full AFL member, it only costs me about $200 a year to maintain my voting rights as a social club mm. member. It's not yep. elitist. And I've heard some people uh, talk about, oh, Collingwood's being elitist doing this. It's not at all. If you want to have a say, 
and you're a full AFL member, you don't need the season ticket from Collingwood. It only costs you about a couple hundred dollars a year to do it. So does I'm it, not does that it sit comfortably, the will happen. Does it sit comfortably with you, Kane, when people go through the right channel, like what happened with asking for the members' details in order to maybe check in to see if, uh, and which is the right of the members to do, and then uh, getting you know uh, getting names back with no numbers and emails, and there seems to be a lot of ducks and drakes going on, and that's I suppose. No, I, the, the, I, I believe the current board should have been more um, cooperative mm. with the people. Uh, who wanted the challenge, and I've not received... Uh, my understanding is that the Brown ticket has the addresses, and I've probably got half a dozen friends who are social club members as well, and I can say that none of them or myself have received any correspondence from anyone doing a spill motion or anything like that. So, um, you know, I probably... Again, I, if I have an opinion, I think um, that... I think... Um, Lecuria and Quarter should move on because they've been responsible for the... Um, they've had oversight of the salary cap issue, like um, Lecuria being football director and Quarter being um, head of the, the finance subcommittee. So I think those people, more than Eddie McGuire and the other issues, um, those two, in my opinion, should take responsibility for the... Um, uh, for what's going on, and 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 leave. And can yep. I say one last thing? Sure, Kane. I've just got Adam a couple Chalor, of yep. Yeah, to Adam Chalor, good luck. I hope he gets his flag. Ah, uh, good on you, Kane. That's really good of you, mate. Uh, that's exactly the right spirit. Uh, hey, thanks so much for giving us your view. Really do appreciate it. Great insight, and I thank you for it. Uh, Max is in Williams Landing. G'day, Max. G'day, Sam. Uh, just a quick, uh, quick question for you. Um, I'm after, uh, I want to know um, about uh, George Hewitt and uh, Adam Chera, what the latest is on him, because um, Melbourne, I know Melbourne and Carlton are after him, and I know Melbourne's first pick is 33, but it's his choice to make. If he was to say, I want to go to Melbourne, um, I heard that Ang- Angus Brayshaw might be one of the... Uh, place to get the uh, deal done for that one. And for George Stewart, uh, what can you tell me there? I think that the Brayshaw stuff only goes as far as his name's been thrown up by some as a possibility, when no one's actually got any clear line that that's something he's interested in or that's something that he wants to do. Um, so it, it, it's, I think it's, it's people, and, and not that there's anything wrong with it, it's, it's people pontificating on how the deal could be done because it seems so difficult for Melbourne to do it given that they've got no draft capital or not anywhere near enough draft capital to, to please Fremantle. So it would have to be a players and picks and even a future pick might not be appealing because, you know, you'd expect Melbourne to still be top four next year. Um, so that's a name that's sort of come up as a how would you get the job done? And he's got, you know, obviously the WA connection and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, with that, I wouldn't even speculate on it because it, it, that would be no one's got a clear line of whether Brayshaw's even open to it. So at the moment, it's still Carlton who's the mo- has, the, has the most to offer Carlton. Uh, sorry, has the, Carlton has the most to offer Fremantle. Melbourne would have to come up with something quite significant to, 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 I suppose, bring Fremantle to the table. So th- there's no real update on it at, at the moment. Um, it, we know that they're... I think Melbourne believe must believe that they can get it done somehow. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone ahead with the full pitch to him and his manager. 
So they might have something up their sleeve. But at the moment, all we're doing is speculating, Max. I haven't seen any article that has strongly said that this is how it's going to happen. It's mainly how it could. And that's sort of where it's at at the moment. George Hewitt, again, the latest from Sam Edmund, I, I believe, a couple of days ago, was that um, that's a possibility. And, um, and, and he'd addressed it a couple of days ago, I think. But I haven't heard anything of a, an update since, Max. So I've probably been... Uh, barely useful to you there, but I appreciate the call. Thanks, mate. No worries. Thanks very much. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number you'll say on the news of the day. Still a heap to get through. There was a lot said today. Chris Grant spoke about the honour of being selected uh, to present the Premiership Cup if the Dogs are able to be victorious next week. Gary Lyon. What a great get from SEN Breakfast to get Gary Lyon, the Premiership Cup <laughs> presenter. As well, I'm being facetious, of course, before I get a text saying, Gary hosts the show. Yep, I understand. Uh, Amit Baines, as I said, spoke to Jerry Whateley earlier today, uh, and there's a heap more that uh, is making news. So we'll get you through all of that. And as always, your say on the news of the day. So Damien and Pete, stay right there. This is time on SEN. I am very, very chuffed, Wispy. It was a very unexpected and emotional uh, conversation I had um, when I was asked. So, no, and I'm, I know that I'm here and a lot of people aren't, so there, was, there would be other people who would be ahead of me in this queue. Don't you worry, but I'm, um, I'm going to do it and represent all those people that aren't able to get here. How did it all come about? I just got asked. Gary Pert rang me on Monday. Right, I was Gary Pert, not the AFL. No, so the, the the football clubs nominate ah, someone okay. right. and they have to get them ticked off and they said some great, uh, lovely things, nice things and yeah, had the support of the players and the coaches and the staff at the, up, uh, over here in Perth, so that, mean, that means a lot. It's interesting times, isn't it? Um, in my current role, I uh, would never have thought um, that I'd have the opportunity of actually forming two or performing two roles um, in the big one uh, on Saturday week, but um, oh, I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, and, and also, you know, uh, doing it uh, with Gary. Um, obviously, only one of us is going to get the opportunity. Um, but um, doing it with Gary um, is tremendous as well. Um, he was a, um, you know, final leader of Melbourne and someone I looked up to enormously um, as I was coming through as a young player. So um, that's a nice sort of tie-in personally for me as well. It'll be you know, a nervous time for both of us, obviously, before the game with... Yeah, you know, the ceremony before the game of bringing the cup out together um, and placing it before the national anthem. Um, you know, that's going to be exciting for both of us. Um, it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, who um, holds onto the cup the longest, as we put it down. <laughs> uh, Gary will be pretty keen to hold onto it, I reckon. Gary Lyon and Chris Grant, uh, two champions of the game, both humbled and honoured to be asked by their respective clubs that they served so brilliantly over their illustrious careers uh, to be presenting the Premiership Cup to the winning coach and captain if, uh, if and when. Their side uh, is victorious uh, on SEN today. Gary, obviously, speaking on SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim and, and Chris Grant uh, on SEN today as well. Uh, SEN.com.au to hear those uh, chats in full. Pete's in Paran. G'day, Pete. Hey, thanks for taking the call, mate. Yes, um, Gary sounds humble now, but we'll never hear the end of it if he doesn't get to present it. If they lose and hasn't presented, we'll have, we'll have a very different Gary, I think, on the on the call of the Monday. But uh, all the best to him. Um, a couple of points. One, I hit Nathan Jones. I'm thinking Nathan Jones. If there is a headline, given the timing of the of his retirement or announcing his retirement, uh, a, a 
potential uh, headline in the paper could be, is Nathan Jones the straw that breaks the Footscray's back? Um, you know, could this be mentally the the little bit, that just that little bit, that percentage, the small percentage they need, um, albeit they'll be, you know, super excited to it's grand final, etc. You don't have to get the players going too much, but could that be that little bit, that one percent or half percent they need to get across the line? So I'm just thinking the timing of it is like it's it's so uh, what's the word I'm looking for, saying it's it's so timely in terms of uh, of when he's made that call. So you, 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 you're you're trying to find yeah. that bit of emotion that might be just that tiny little bit extra uh, incentive and motivation. Not so. that players need much more for when they run out on on you know the greatest stage of all uh, on that last Saturday in September to try and win a premiership. But there are stories like this through the ages and through premierships where there's a a figure, a revered figure who's not able to be there for whatever reason with a team and the impact that that has uh, on an emotional level and an inspiration level. So, Pete, you never know. Uh, your next point? Yeah, so finally, um, we've actually had some great calls tonight. The gentleman before the previous gentleman, I think it was Dave, maybe, um, it was actually quite, uh, quite, quite enlightening, as you mentioned, uh, quite knowledgeable, obviously, how corporate works. But it was funny how he mentioned uh, Jono from the pub as a, you know, uh, a side kind of thing. And my, my advice would be, with tongue-in-cheek, don't knock Jono from the pub. He might have the right dental work. Pete, uh, I see where you're going there, and please, please don't incite the Collingwood faithful any more than uh, we would duly expect on, on a night where that's a, a news story that's uh, getting into the headlines. But uh, thank you very much, Pete, and please, Collingwood members, feel free to respond. Uh, you don't knock Jono from the pub because we have a thing called the pub test, and does it pass it? So, you know, I'm, I'm the first part of that statement I, I do like. Uh, Damien's in Strathmore. G'day, Damien. Hey Sam, how you going, mate? I'm really well, thanks. Marby or Chol? That's good. Yeah, look, I'm very happy for Marbs. He's, he's an absolute gentleman, the nicest guy you could ever meet. Um, I'd, I'd love him to stay at Richmond, but I can understand why. It's a great deal for him. Four years, good money, he'll get more opportunity, and he's going to be with his family, um, even though a lot of people at Richmond absolutely adore him. I mean, I've met, had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. And he's just so nice. I mean, he doesn't want to talk about himself. He'd rather ask you questions and see what you're doing and how your life's going. Um, we're going to miss him. I mean, he's a, he's a great role model. And, um, yeah, I just say congratulations, Mabs. Um, go give him hell up in Gold Coast, mate. Hope you play another 50 to 100 games. And um, Rich, just remember the Richmond supporters will always love you. Uh, that's fantastic, Damien. Um, that's I, I do love that, and I know that there'll be you know when and when he plays Richmond again, there'll be you know the obligatory boos that come, um, and and part of that is part of that when it's done in the right spirit, and and more more often than not, it is done in the right spirit. It is about saying you chose to play with someone else. We're not wrapped that you did, but it's become part of the theatre of football we know. There are some players when I think leave that if they've you know I remember saying when Hawthorne fans and I'm a hawk. Um, Hawks member, but when when Hawthorne fans booed Isaac Smith, I thought, geez, we've got short memories. Guy's won three premierships. He's realised that he's not going to win another one at the Hawks in the couple of years he's got left, so do you begrudge him going to try and win one as he finishes out his career? He took less money. Um, so I think more often than not, um, the, the, that, that booing of a player that's left you to go somewhere else, he's done in the right spirit. Um, 
but it's good to know, Damien, that there's um, there is that love that that comes with it. So uh, I think that's a great call, mate, and uh, and I love that stuff. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to have your say on the news of the day. Ralph Carr, who manages Marby or Chole, um, spoke to Channel Seven earlier on. That's true, and we're extremely excited that uh, Marbio Scholl will be going to the Gold Coast Suns for four years. It was important for him to go home and then get more opportunity to play senior football. Uh, just a brief little bit of Ralph Carr there, speaking to Channel 7. So this is a bit of a pickle for Richmond. I think they might have been thinking, as I said earlier, that we'll probably lose one. And then we'll get the other, and, and then we'll be able to, you know, do a contract that'll make them happy. But in the end, both these guys have got, you know, offers too good to refuse. And they've both gone. So I haven't got the Rich- Richmond list up in front of me. But if you're a Richmond fan, then tell me who your next big, you know, tell me who the next young key forward is that you've got coming through the ranks. Who Who's the next to take over the mantle? Jack Rewalt, you know, another... One or two years, Lynch has got more than that, as we know. But who's the next guy? Who's going to be your next focal point to blood? They'd put a tremendous... They've done really well in the way they developed both of these guys, Richmond, and then should be commended for it. And, um, yeah, to lose both of them, I don't think, would have been in their in their planning. Maybe it is. Maybe they're absolutely fine with it and they, they know exactly who's going to step up and fill that breach. But And maybe they've got some targets in mind from a, a free agency or trade point of view themselves. Um, but, yeah, I certainly didn't expect both of them to go. Uh, Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. G'day, Mark. Sammy, my man. Good evening. Hey, dude. How are you? Mate. Good. Cruising, mate. Cruising. Mate, um, just want to have a chat about the whole buy thing. Mm-hmm. The granny. Now, look, everyone's probably. I just want to put this out there as a doggy supporter. Of course, I want to win. I'd love to see the doggies win the grand final. That's a no brainer. But you always think, what happens if we're going to lose? What happens if we lose? You know what? I'm actually sort of, this might sound stupid, but I'm all right with it if we lose because of who we're playing. If it had been Essendon, I would spit chips. Because <laughs> it's Melbourne. Yeah. And, you know, how long it's been and all that sort of jazz and. You know, their supporters as well and all that and all being, you know, fair and so on. I actually could probably wear it and not be too, you know, sooky la-la if we lose. But, um, yeah, if it was Essendon, for example, West Coast, oh, I'd be spitting chips like you wouldn't believe. Adelaide Crows hate them scumbags as well. Yeah, right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh, I mean, I hate, I hate, I hate Crows because 97-98. 97-98 prelims, you know? Sure. So I hate the Crows. Anyway, mate, moving Josh on from Let me get you back on track, Mark. Josh Shackey. All right. I do want to talk about the buy, but just quietly, I just got this really weird feeling <laughs> that Shackey's going to be the third best defender if he goes forward. And because he's a dead eye, such a beautiful set shot. I can see. I can just see him kicking four or five and getting Norm Smith out of nowhere. I can. Oh, it's be like a fairy tale. Um, and then he'd cement himself in Doggy's history, and you, you know, probably pretty much play every game next year. It's fit. Yeah. You, so, wonder, you wonder whether they'll do the same thing with him this week that they did last week, where they'll put him to Lever and try to keep Lever accountable. And then when Lever leaves him, the moment they win the footy back, the dogs look to play through him like they did um, with Aaliyah Lear. Every time Aaliyah left, they looked to go through Shackie uh, as often as they could when um, Aaliyah had pushed up the ground um, to, to run and create. 
uh, and to zone. So uh, I think there is a role for him there, whether that translates to goals coming back the other way and a Norm Smith. We'll wait and see, Mark. You had one more point to make. We're, we're right, running a little now, bit short of time. Whole, okay, so, you know, this is not from a doggy sporter's perspective. It's just like an overall, so we'll call it an intellectual discussion. I think Melbourne have been heavily disadvantaged by this buy. Now, one game in 28 days leading into the grand final. It's happened once. I don't know if you've actually spoken about this, but it has happened once before in history, in 1990, when Collingwood had a draw in the, with the elimination final with West Coast in the first week, so they had to push the whole final series back because back then they replayed the game the following week, unlike these days, which would be extra time. So that meant that Essendon, who were the best team all year and pretty much went straight through to the grand final, they played one game here in 28, and they put in an absolute shocker on grand final day. And we all know Collingwood won. Lee Matthews, very happy man, rah, 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 rah. So looking at the case study, yes, we have got one example of this, and it didn't work out well for that team. So, um, yeah, just as a general discussion point, I do think they've been genuinely disadvantaged and um, as if, if I was going to look at it from a neutral perspective, I would say it probably isn't fair on them, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I, it, I, th- I think when it's been a pre-finals buy, we've got the evidence to see now that it hasn't quite worked out for the teams that get through uh, straight away. So a, a week off and then a win and then into a prelim, and that's the same calculation that happens on that end. Whether or not it's going to work the same way with a pre-grand final buy, um, given that both the clubs will have that. Obviously, the, the Dogs have played um, the extra game. I'm not sure. Look, I'll have to wait and see. I'm going to just keep my powder dry a little bit uh, on that one, Mark. But what are the Demons going to do to try and uh, fill that void and of which you're sort of speaking about? Well, Christian Salem spoke about what they're going to be doing on Saturday. There is a fine balance. Um, you know, we're going to go pretty hard, um, but it's more don't jump into people's backs, going in for marks and sling tackles and whatnot. But, you know, when we're playing, it's, um, you know, we're going full on. So that was Christian Salem uh, earlier today at the press conference. They're going to be playing a full contact practice match on Saturday, intra-club style Melbourne. But as you heard there, there's a few little rules and regulations around it so as to preserve... Uh, the structural integrity of their players to make sure that there's no unnecessary injuries. Um, we'll hear from Amit Baines um, and what their build-up was going to be uh, for the grand final. He spoke to Jared Waitley earlier today. I'll bring you that in just a moment. 0433981116 off the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, Sid from Meckering says Rory Lobb to Richmond. Cheers. Uh, could that be uh, a replacement? We'll keep an eye on that one. Maybe one to throw uh, at Sam Edmund for the trade bell tomorrow with Jared. Um, as a Saints fan, I cannot share enough love and sympathy for Nathan Jones. What a star and the fabric that united a divided club. Again, as a Saints fan, I understand not all legends get the fairy tale they deserve. Respect Nathan Jones. Uh, and there's a couple more talking about the pre-finals, uh, pre-grand final buy as well. AG, not a fan either. Uh, 0433981116, the temper text. The, the building will, will start, I suppose, with the weekend. Um, we've got the Brownlow medal uh, on Sunday night, and obviously Marcus is one of the favourites for that. So I think one, once we hit the weekend and we're into that less than a week uh, phase and, and grand final week itself, which will obviously have a, a different flavour and composition here in Perth, uh, the tension will start to build. But I think it's just, you know, selfishly and from my own personal perspective, it's really nice just to sit here take a deep breath and, and know you're in a grand final without necessarily having the, the game day stress. 
Bulldog CEO Meet Baines with Jerry Waitley earlier today. Uh, Melbourne are going to do a full contact, yet some things will be off limits. Uh, Pracky match on the weekend. It doesn't look like the dogs will go exactly down that route. They have played the extra game uh, in the finals build-up, so I uh, can certainly understand that. Greg's in Cogret to finish us off in New South Wales. G'day, Greg. Oh, g'day, Sammy. How are you, mate? Couldn't be better. Thank you. That's the way, mate. I just want to give a shout-out to Nathan Jones. Uh, mate, what a legend of the game, what a legend of the club. I'm a St Kilda supporter, and I tell you what, we understand that not all legends get a fairy tale. But Nathan Jones is a legend, and I salute him, mate. Beautifully said, Greg, and I thank you for it. Hey, we've only just scratched the surface of what was making news today. If you wanted to go to the sen.com.au website, uh, Port Adelaide's general footy manager Chris Davey spoke today. Wayne Campbell spoke to Bob and Andy, the new GM of footy performance at the Suns. Isaac Smith. There's a heap more up there. Speak to you tomorrow. Driver's seat next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.